Hi and welcome everyone to the 51st episode of CRM Rocks. This is Marcus Allanson and today's podcast will be about CRM and machine learning. And with me today I have Stefano Tempesta from Education First EF. Stefano is a Microsoft MVP in office development and Microsoft Technology Ambassador and Chapters Leader for CRM Saturday for Italy and Switzerland. A regular speaker at international conferences including Microsoft Ignite, NDC, BASTA, API World and the European SharePoint Conference. Stefano's interests span across cloud, mobile, IoT and IoT applications. He can be reached via his personal website tempesta.space. Welcome Stefano Tempesta. Hi Marcos, hi everybody. How are you doing? I'm alright, how are you? Yeah, I'm just fine, thank you. CRM is all about managing your customer relationship. So what is a good customer relationship for you? Uh, that's a very good question, Marcus. Thanks. Uh, look, many people think of a CRM, a customer relationship management, as a platform, as a technology, as a software. Uh, the terminology actually refers to more than just a the software itself is about practices, is about strategies, is anything that a company creates as a business process to manage and analyze customer interaction, data, the entire customer life cycle. So for me, really, customer relationship management is not just a platform, a software that we implement is the entire business process for managing the customer life cycle end-to-end, from engagement, pre-sales, post-sales, and support, customer service. So who are your customers? Our customers. Our customers are people that are passionate about life. And what I mean is people that like to learn new languages, they like to travel, they like to combine the experience of traveling to the experience of learning a new language, connecting with other peers, experiencing new cultures, new places, and Yes, doing this as part of their spare time, as part of our holiday, or maybe as part of their uh, their job. So we have uh, customers from eight years old to adults that like to travel, say, to the UK or to France, to Spain, to Australia and learn a new language and combining this with the experience of the travel itself, with the experience of being with other like-minded people and just enjoying every day. So what is it that you do there? So as an organization, EF Education First, uh, we are focused on uh, languages and traveling all packaged together. And more than that, but that is my area of uh, competency. I am Vice President of Engineering, so I look after the technology that enables all these uh, uh, business for EF. I'm based in Switzerland. Uh, but EF originally is a company that uh, was born and is still owned by a Swedish family. Yeah, so 
if that is original Swedish company, but that was a long time ago now. So can you give us a short introduction to what EF is today? Uh, you're right. Uh, EF is uh, 50 years old. Last year we celebrated our 50th uh, anniversary. Uh, it was founded by the Holt family uh, in Lund, in the south of Sweden, and uh, is now present in more than 50 countries around the world. So we have offices uh, nearly in uh, everywhere you want to go for uh, learning a new language or for an academy or for business education or simply for holiday because we also have a kind of a travel agency for tours and so on uh, i'm based in switzerland because of the international language center my business unit uh, is headquarters in lucerne and in zurich and this is where we operate our business. And obviously, the rest of the schools, as said, are in a lot of different locations. So before we dive into this, what is machine learning? Huh, okay, so let's try to keep it simple. Uh, but you're right, machine learning is... Uh, uh, much of a buzzword recently. Uh, a lot of people are talking about uh, machine learning uh, and there are a lot of applications uh, that are coming out in the market. Again, uh, uh, machine learning is not only about technology. There is a strong foundation of science before machine learning uh, is actually implemented as a, a software algorithm. Machine learning comes from a, uh, as a branch of uh, artificial intelligence, but specifically focus on analysis of data to predict the outcome by predicting hidden insight. So basically, machine learning will look into an existing data set, will look into identifying patterns or trends that are in uh, uh, data that is provided uh, by database uh, or by IoT applications or by mobile applications and then uh, find hidden insight without necessarily look, knowing where to look. So it's a way of uh, identifying outcome based on uh, existing information in a process that is called training, where basically, in order to predict new data, predict uh, outcome, we need to train, understand an existing model, identify the patterns, and then later make a prediction out of it. How can education benefit from machine learning? There are different fields of applications. Um, one that is directly uh, affecting education is uh, providing a way of learning to any form of students in a different formats. We are used to a classroom-based training and we are obviously also used to an online-based training. What is emerging now is a form of adaptive training where is, we are not confined within the walls of a classroom or 
to the or to the laptop but we are, use uh, virtual reality or augmented reality so we interact with our body with our feelings with our senses uh, to an enriching world uh, the machine learning especially in the area of gaming provides the possibility for students to interact in a more enriching experience and learn by playing so that is an area that is more or in a phase of experimenting at, at this stage is growing is based on the concept of gamification where basically we learn by playing the, which is the process where children uh, use for learning when they are in a young age but then there are also more practical applications that are obviously uh, used in the education field but can be extended to any other industries i'm talking about uh, uh, making sales more effective by optimizing products in stock or by looking into uh, what customers typically prefer and then uh, providing products or services specifically uh, to the target audiences. What parts of machine learning do you use then? So we use uh, uh, machine learning for a few cases one is uh, as i mentioned optimization of sales where we look uh, into patterns of uh, expressions of interest so where we identify customers based on different conditions different criteria and then uh, we target uh, with uh, marketing campaigns or with uh, special products or special offers uh, depending on their past history, if they are an existing customer or not, if uh, they are coming from a different, from a specific locations, or what is uh, their uh, track history with, with the company, what is their level of knowledge of the language, and so on, and then uh, we optimize uh, the offering. And the other case study is also um, about. Uh, ranking opportunities based on hundreds of conditions again on our customer data set and we can speak a bit more about the ranking maybe later but in a nutshell is really about optimizing our offering so that we have the opportunity to target specific audiences without uh, you know the overhead of doing this process manually it will take uh, days and days to contact every person individually the machine learning will help us uh, to optimize our reach uh, by targeting people by targeting potential customers according to their rank no no let's go into that right now i'm, okay. I'm interested so do you have like someone that signed up and then you start to rank them as leads in dynamics or tell me more about this so it is a process uh, as you said 
uh, where we rank uh, not people but their expressions of interest so from our website normally prospect or existing customers or in general people that are interested to our products and services request a contact so they request like a brochure or a, a quote or a, or to be called back by our sales reps that is an expression of interest for us we receive an average of 15,000 expressions of interest a day is really a Whoa, high volume 15, of information. a day. Yes. So that means that our salespeople really can't reply to all of them in real time. It will take a lot of salespeople. It will take a lot of time. That is around the world, though. Eh? I'm not saying it's only in Switzerland or in Sweden. That is globally. But still, it's a significant number. So we need to rank it. We need to set priorities and automate some of the responses and to the highest rank have salespeople contacting uh, the, 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 the person that has requested directly. That is uh, sending an email, can be automated, but also having a direct phone call. We work a lot with phone calls is the best way to interact with customers because it creates a personal connection and it comes back to your first question what is a customer relationship what is the best customer relationship we believe in a human contact in a direct communication this is time consuming as you obviously understand but we believe that this is an effective way of engaging with our customers and we don't even call them customers. They are a significant part of our organization. They are our contacts. For us, a customer relationship is really about the contact management. And we're not selling. We are offering an opportunity to uh, for, for children in their teenage or for adults in their profession to improve their skills uh, about languages uh, by having fun, by having a cultural experience as well. So the ranking is really about prioritizing our calls based on a number of factors, whether you are a returning customer, whether you have set a time frame for when you want to travel, whether you are calling from London or from Munich or from Madrid, it all depends because we have a large, we have more than 10 years, I believe, of data in our database that we can look for patterns and trends and see where most of the people call from and then that will convert into a booking, so into an active sales and that will determine how you rank in uh, our classification. And that obviously the highest rank, as said, will be followed up for a direct call, and the other ones will receive an automatic email, and so on, until uh, everybody eventually gets contacted. You decide who is going to, to, to take this 
or who's going to receive this personal call and who's going to get the automated email. But you said that you have this three criteria, the geographic place, the time frame, and then there was this other one if they... They are a returning customer, yes. If they have a returning uh, customer, a they bought from you before. Us. Yes. Okay, so how, how do you know that these are the free to look for? Or did you just send the Azure Machine Learning all of your data and it spit out back to you? These are the three key components that you have to look for. Well, yes. So Machine Learning is here to help us understanding which conditions uh, in technical machine learning terminology which feature we have to identify uh, we don't know this upfront we don't know if uh, recurring customers are actually those that will buy again we don't know if uh, someone from london will buy more than someone from madrid i'm, I'm just making up now uh, we don't know if uh, uh, someone that is uh, 10 years old will uh, buy less or more than someone that is uh, 25 years old so there are different conditions that uh, are there in our data set and the machine learning using uh, a linear regression algorithm which is basically an algorithm for predicting outcome based on existing conditions will identify these patterns for us is human impossible really we are talking about millions and millions of records so we, we are talking about a terabytes of data to analyze this in a human fashion way so the only way that we can identify these patterns or identify whether this criteria is better over another one is by implementing a machine learning algorithm that will look into all this information is a kind of supervised learning because we are telling the machine learning where to look at and then will identify which of this feature is the one that is more relevant and predict also the outcome so if we receive a new expression of interest the machine learning will look into all these features and determine based on the model in the uh, database whether the new request has a higher or lower likelihood to convert into a sales, into a booking. And if it is higher, it will rank higher and it will be followed up with a priority. Does it make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. Is there more to add to that? In terms of the ranking, that's pretty much the way it works. It contains a lot of internal business logic that has been uh, developed over a number of years in our organization and is uh, one of our core algorithm is our, really our IP our intellectual property uh, yeah, because uh, it's key to success for uh, uh, calling back on, on our customers uh, it didn't start as a machine learning to be honest it started with uh, a huge uh, piece of software with a lot of if when case then with a lot of conditions 
where we were looking into the data in a programmatic way. But we noticed that we were hitting uh, a limitation, a limitation of uh, every time we need to apply a condition uh, or, or a new field, a new feature, uh, we will need to change the algorithm to consider the new feature. And we have uh, new uh, fields that are uh, added to our form, uh, not regularly, but quite frequently. I mean, uh, sometimes we add uh, a fields like uh, a person uh, is traveling with someone or alone. And that is another condition. Or it can be it travels in summertime or wintertime. That is another condition. Or they travel, uh, um, they, they want to stay with a host family or they want to stay in a, uh, a residence. And that is again another condition. So there are a lot really. I, I don't want to lie, but there are close to 100 features that are analyzed by the machine learning. If we were doing this uh, programmatically using, you know, a uh, programming language like C Sharp or Java or Python or whatever, uh, we would need to update this algorithm every time adding another condition. If this, then do that. If this, then do that. With machine learning, we let the experiment in machine learning with analyzing all these new conditions and see if there is a pattern or not. Sometimes there isn't, as simple as that, you know? So now I, I, I said that, uh, a person wants to travel in summertime or wintertime. Maybe there is absolutely no correlation with uh, a conversion to a booking, and then it's fine. The machine learning will identify this for us and say, there is no correlation. It doesn't matter if you're selling in winter or summertime, uh, it will not affect the ranking. But that's the way we, we manage to scale. We manage to scale by having machine learning do the job for us rather than us maintaining these huge conditions, a huge set of conditions and analyze all the hundreds of fields in an expression of interest. And have it been a scenario where you have sort of looked at it the other way as well, that you have entered something into the machine learning and if it's sort of indecisive and you figure out somehow that okay if we add this one field more then perhaps we can get a better prediction huh, that's a that's an interesting point it, it did happen yes and it's actually funny it's not related to the contact it's more related to the salesperson that has contacted the, the prospect uh, customer. So basically we notice that uh, some customers try to stick, uh, oh, actually I would say most of the customers try to stick to their sales uh, rep and they prefer to be contacted again by the same person. And if we do this, we notice that there is a higher likelihood of conversion to a sales. It's like, again, part of our customer relationship uh, uh, attitude. For us, really, customer relationship is not about selling, it's uh, an attitude of providing the best service. In doing this, because there is a personal contact, then 
uh, we notice that our customers like to establish a relationship with uh, the, a specific salesperson. We introduce this as part of the machine learning on purpose to verify whether by sticking to a person or not, the conversion will uh, increase or, or vice versa. And it did increase. It was a bit of an artificial way of doing it because we didn't ask machine learning to look into patterns, but we forced to consider this into the ranking. Uh, but yes, it did affect uh, the outcome prediction. Did you go for that with intuition or that, okay, it should be like this if we add this then, or is it more like, okay, we have this, we have experienced this before and probably it's this way and see if we can verify that by using machine learning. How do yeah, you do it? That, that, that's a very good question. Uh, to be honest, we base this on experience. Uh, we yeah. listen to our salespeople and say, what, how, what can we do for you? How do you want us uh, to optimize uh, this uh, form of selection? And then uh, that's the outcome they said. They said, let me stick to my customers, let me stick to my market, because I can focus more and know their history and so on. So yes, we force the machine learning to consider this aspect based on our experience. But this is why I mentioned this is our business logic, this is our IP. It comes out of years and years of experience and knowledge of the market and the way we operate in the market. So machine learning can do a lot in terms of scaling, but it doesn't replace human brain. It doesn't replace experience. It doesn't replace our business processes. It helps to reach out on the millions of records, uh, but I will never rely completely on machine learning without the experience that we gain from knowing the market ourselves. Uh, that's the best experience and uh, the best uh, uh, intellectual property that we can provide uh, is the EF trademark in some way. Uh, any machine learning algorithm is an help, but not a replacement for what we do. Machine learning is looking for correlation. It's it's not to be a hundred percent sure that correlation means the same as it will happen. It's Absolutely. just that it's more likely or it's has some it's happened before, so it might happen again, something like that. Absolutely right. Machine learning is an expression of a probability. It's not a certainty. It, it, it is a process of learning by identifying patterns and predicting but again it, has, it is a prediction it is a likelihood and uh, we have a higher score of prediction as as we probably around 90 percent but again it is uh, not a complete replacement of uh, your business experience for sure have you any other applications or areas that you use ml for Another area is around uh, what Microsoft has called cognitive services, which is basically 
a set of services around uh, speech, voice recognition, language, text recognition. This is an area of increasing interest because it will provide students with the possibility to have, say, their pronunciation, their accent recognized, and then uh, they can do some tests on uh, learning language, learning English directly with a computer, and a computer can uh, score it. Uh, it can be also on text, so they can do uh, an assessment and uh, it doesn't have to be on a predefined set of uh, options or answers. No, the typical multi-choice uh, where you, what is the correct answer, A, B, C, D. Uh, you can actually type a free text and machine learning, the cognitive services of language recognition will uh, scan and uh, correct the essay. So it is an area that is developing. Um, some applications are even in uh, real-time translations where I speak in my own language and uh, the, the, the algorithm, the, the, the software will translate automatically in the language of the person in front of me. There are already a few applications in Skype, for example, for doing this uh, uh, real-time translation. That is an area that uh, is really a global application. It can be anywhere. It's not just specific to education. Um, we are experimenting something, uh, but there, there is a lot to go before it can be fully scaled, fully uh, utilized to for, for, for everybody. You use this analyzing the student's pronunciation to tell them if it's right or wrong, then, for instance. It is uh, an experiment at the moment. It is uh, not ah, okay. fully okay. deployed, but yes, it is an area that where we are uh, experimenting whether it is uh, convenient or not. Again, it will not replace uh, our teachers, our instructors. They always be there to give the best uh, uh, feedback to a student. But it is an opportunity for having students carrying on with their learning path also when they are not in the school. They are home, they are from everywhere they want, they just need an internet connection, a microphone and they can test their speech, they can, they can type and test their knowledge of the language and get a feedback from this speech and text recognition. CRM and, and machine learning, what, what can other parts can machine learning be used for? Right, okay, so we did mention about um, the sales effectiveness, so how to optimize sales based on some conditions, not related to education, but another area of application is uh, how to optimize uh, stocks in a um, uh, data warehouse, for example, so the possibility to uh, optimize uh, some products over other ones based on uh, typical patterns of uh, consumption by 
e, by customers and another area of uh, very large application of machine learning is uh, a form of direct marketing where based again uh, on uh, identification of, of customers uh, it will create some target audiences and uh, create uh, marketing campaigns based on uh, um, based on uh, demand prediction so the the machine learning will identify a specific demand for product and services based on uh, existing data and uh, create a campaign for that specific audience uh, to be honest it's not something that we normally do in our organization is something that we are considering at the moment our marketing is more in the traditional sense of a direct communication but i've seen application of direct marketing using machine learning and maybe promising something to look at in the near future so machine learning has these three sets of or types of algorithms it has the supervised the unsupervised and reinforcement so the first one that was your opportunities ranking right so that was a very variation of the supervised machine learning so what's the other two then yes that's true so the supervised learning is basically uh, giving the machine learning inferring the result based on data that they have learned to understand because we label it so we say this is uh, uh, this is the, the specific uh, uh, information and then predict based on the information that you have already learned so for example uh, you take a lot of pictures of uh, furniture a chair a table uh, uh, chest of drawers and you give an input to your computer the machine learning algorithm will learn to recognize a chair a table a bed a wardrobe and so on from all these uh, massive pictures and when you put a new one that they never seen before they will infer so they will understand whether it is a specific piece of furniture because they have all this information before that they have learned because we label it so we basically said that this is a chair this is a bed this is a, a table and so on uh, typical applications are as we said the the, the possibility to analyze uh, new new data based on an existing data set that has been classified uh, the as opposite to this process we have the unsupervised learning where we don't know where we are starting from pretty much we have just unlabeled data we have a cluster of information but we don't know exactly the nature of it how is the machine learning able to understand is doing what is called cluster analysis so basically we will focus on all this information and irrespective of the nature of it without knowing whether is a, a table a chair or any other piece of furniture we we'll try to understand on its own what is this about now the sample of the furniture probably doesn't stick very well here but 
a typical application is of uh, unsupervised learning is for uh, anomaly detection which is uh, very much used in financial organization to find uh, um, um, online payment fraud where you don't know who is going to make a, an online payment you don't know which uh, credit card they're going to use they don't know in which country they don't you don't know which product they are going to buy they you don't know which uh, um, amount they're going to spend you have uh, a cluster of this information uh, the unsupervised learning will look for anomalies we look for what people normally buy and what uh, is an anomaly so suddenly i have uh, i'm buying something for three thousand dollars in a country that i've never been before what's going on is my credit card being hacked or are you traveling so by detecting anomalies in this cluster of information without knowing upfront what is coming then the machine learning can help financial institution to block credit cards and there are other applications obviously but this is one of the most common and the third one you mentioned is uh, reinforcement learning this is funny to be honest and you know why because uh, for me this is not even machine learning at all this is a behavioral way of learning it's like kids it's the way kids learn it's the way all human people learn so we learn from behavior we learn from uh, re responding to an event so there is uh, um, an action we learn to respond the action based on the reward of it uh, i don't know let me make an example i i touch uh, some hot water i burn myself i'm learning that i shouldn't touch hot water so that is how kids how human people learn this is the reinforcement learning is based on behavior and a reward if i do an action i get a feedback and i learn doing it again or not doing it again uh, this is uh, what i briefly mentioned at the beginning when doing uh, augmented reality uh, gamification that is a typical application of reinforcement learning where you learn by actions and rewards and feedback so i play i capture something or i move in an environment i bump into a wall i do an action i get a feedback that will teach me not to go there again or to go again because i get a reward and so on so that is you can't really do that in azure today right it's only available supervised and unsupervised machine learning there so machine learning in azure is uh, um a tool or a, a, an environment that is uh, growing more and more there are different algorithms that can be used and the up uh, there is uh, definitely supervised learning and unsupervised learning i never use reinforcement learning at this stage if it's better with uh, games with the internet of things uh, at the moment though yes you're right there are no reinforcement learning in azure ml the nature of the azure machine learning is that is a framework for developing 
algorithms based on existing data set and uh, training the model and then scoring the model so it fits better into the uh, supervised or unsupervised learning process because it is based on data set uh, the, the reinforcement learning as said is based more on action and reaction uh, so it is a bit uh, uh, not uh, uh, the easiest way of coding using uh, uh, the experiment as currently defined in machine learning um, there is an application though with the internet of things and i read uh, uh, about the internet of things hub in azure that will be connected to machine learning to make this prediction also as part of this uh, overall experience in hopefully in the near future so what do i have to know to work with this do i have to know about uh, all of the algorithm options and how they work and all of that or what Look, do I need to uh, know? it depends uh, uh, what level of uh, complexity you want or you want to uh, introduce uh, in your system. Um, the beauty of the Azure Machine Learning Studio is that it's very visual environment for creating experiments based on an existing data set that you can upload into the system and a good number of uh, algorithms already predefined that you can use for uh, sentiment analysis for demand prediction for outcome uh, uh, forecast and they are all divided into different categories so there is a, an aspect of understanding which algorithm fits best for the prediction that you want to obtain uh, but you don't have really to be a data scientist. Uh, coding is not required. You can do it, and it will be into R or Python. These are the two typical programming languages in uh, uh, for machine learning algorithms, but it's not uh, strictly required. A person without knowledge of uh, machine learning uh, uh, algorithm can uh, easily go into Azure, look into the uh, kind of a cheat sheet, which is basically a shortcut to try to understand what is the best algorithm to use and uh, applying it. For example, one thing that I learned uh, without uh, even coding a single line or R or Python is the boosted decision tree algorithm, which uh, basically is uh, called decision tree because it's based on multiple options out of different branches where you can uh, determine the advantage of one option over the other one and then explore the branches or browse the branch and take the final decision so for example no, so in um, during the day there is a high temperature 
uh, during the night is a lower temperature so there is more likelihood to sell uh, lemonade during the day than during the night so this is uh, a kind of a branch day night is the decision which one wins and then you go into the next question so okay is day and night we assess this what is the next one winter and summer okay what is the next one so you start going down the branch until you define that one feature that wins over the other one and to do this you need to know to do this programmatically you need to know concept of uh, branch browsing sorting algorithm optimization um, which you know typically you don't need to do in azure machine learning you just drag and drop the algorithm into the experiment and is all ready to go Okay, so if I want to start out with machine learning, I can start with looking at this Azure machine learning algorithm cheat sheet. And then it would say in the middle, like start. And then if you want to predict values, pick any of these, or you want to predict categories or discovering structures, or then your option here, then finding unusual data points as in the fraud detection. So there you have the sort of clusters of, uh, or or sets of algorithms that you can choose from, so you don't sort of start in the wrong end of uh, this. All right. Yes. So that's correct. Uh, the best way to start playing with machine learning is create an account in Azure Machine Learning and uh, look into the existing. Uh, experiments that have already been classified in uh, the different types of uh, machine learning algorithms that can be created uh, the sentiment analysis uh, for analyzing uh, um, sentiment of expressions typically in social networks or the de demand estimation for understanding uh, for predicting an estimate sorry for predicting a demand uh, of a, a specific product or service based on the uh, old information based on the data accumulated in the past or there is an outcome prediction which is uh, again uh, predicting the outcome uh, for example of a, a risk uh, uh, assessment based on uh, several conditions or the recommendation model uh, which is the Amazon model people that have bought this book have also bought this this and that so these are the typical four experiments that you can create there are several already predefined have a look and uh, start uh, modifying with them once you got a bit familiar with the process no you define the data set you train the data set with any of these algorithms then you do the scoring and the evaluation at that point you can go a bit on yourself without coding as you know as i mentioned don't need to do any r or python you can use any of the existing algorithms the only thing to know is okay which one to use i use a linear regression i use a boosted decision tree i use uh, uh, you know any of the existing 
algorithm for, to resolve which problem. The cheat sheet that you mentioned is exactly the right place to go. It's part of the documentation of machine learning because in a very uh, easy and graphical way, it will say, okay, I want to do anomaly detection. So then I go and take uh, this specific algorithm. I want to do um, um, clustering. So then I go for unsupervised learning. And then that's the algorithm to use. It will it help you choose the correct algorithm to drag and drop into your experiment by uh, looking into the result that you want to obtain. Cool. Thank you for that. So where will you, where are you going to be next? Where, what are you up to? What I'm after? Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, first of all, I'm recent, uh, recently awarded MVP, as you nicely mentioned at the beginning, by Microsoft. So that will create more of a, um, an opportunity for me to engage with a larger community. Uh, it motivates me to do more and more uh, into the, um, the Microsoft technical community and beyond. And uh, I'm uh, chapter leader for uh, CRM Saturday. So we are organizing uh, with the rest of the committees uh, several events around Europe. Uh, the next one is uh, next weekend in uh, Dublin. Then there is another one that I'm organizing uh, uh, here in Zurich, in Switzerland, where I live on May 13th. Anybody who is listening and is interested, please go to crmsaturday.com and follow the news about the events. And I'm also on um, on the CRM UG, the user group, uh, organizing uh, uh, the um, summit EMEA in Amsterdam in April, uh, presenting a couple of sessions uh, around uh, CRM and machine learning. So that is uh, another opportunity to get in touch, uh, see some practical examples uh, and applications of uh, machine learning in the uh, context of CRM. Uh, yes, that's what is uh, keeping me busy. Thank you for your participation in CRM Rocks, Stefano Tempesta. Thank you, Marcus, for the opportunity. Thanks everybody for listening. Yeah, thanks for uh, for listening. And don't forget that I will publish every episode to LinkedIn and Facebook and just search for Serum Rocks there and you will find it. See you next time on Serum Rocks.